I'm so glad you're joining us for this episode of Street Soldiers. I'm your host, Lisa Evers. Follow me on Twitter, Instagram, Google+, Snapchat, at Lisa Evers. Facebook, too, you can check me out there. And if you're looking for any of our previous Street Soldiers episodes, either from Hot 97, the radio show, or Fox 5, just go right to LisaEvers.com, and they're all posted there. What we're focusing on in this episode is the drug epidemic and the drug war. Why are we doing this now? Because we've just had in the past week startling new statistics and developments in this right here in New York City. More than 100 alleged gang members busted the largest takedown in New York City history for allegedly dealing all sorts of drugs on the streets and also murdering people. I spoke with the head of the DEA. He told me that he has never seen a flood of drugs into New York City like he has right now. It's the worst, even more worse than the crack epidemic of the crack era. And also we look at what's been happening from a health standpoint. The New York City Health Department just releasing statistics that in 2015, drug over overdose deaths rose 15% in the Bronx more than 30%. So clearly we have a problem on our hands and that's why we've assembled an amazing panel to talk about this with us here on Street Soldiers. Joining me, Dr. Darren Porcher. He's a former NYPD lieutenant and former undercover narcotics officer. He's also a criminal justice professor and TV and radio commentator. Dr. Darren, thanks so much for Thanks for having us. me, Lisa. We appreciate it. Also with us, you know him from his music and his performances and his tours, the one and only Graf. He's a hip hop artist. His, his new album is Painkillers Reloaded. We're going to find out where that name comes from and all about that. He's currently on tour, and this summer he's going to be touring with Royce to 59. Thanks so much for being with us, Thanks Graf. For having me. Thanks we for really having appreciate me. it. Also with us is Dr. David Ors. He's a general practitioner on the Lower East Side. He's also the founder and executive director of a tattoo removal program for ex offenders and former gang members who are trying to get their tattoos removed so that they can get different jobs where, you know, it's not cool to have those on them. And and he also has strong opinions about this drug epidemic. Dr. Ors, thanks so much for being Pleasure with us. Pleasure to be here. We appreciate it. Darren, I want to start with you on this. Why are we seeing so many drugs? Well, uh, what, it, when we take in consideration the heroin epidemic in, in particular, traditionally we had a, an inordinately high spike in people that were using addicted to prescription drugs such as Percocet and Oxycodone. This was something that was coming from medical practitioners whereas you had people that stole let's say the prescription book, things to that effect. And so what they did was they wrote scripts out and they just gave them, um, they gave these, these, these Oxycodones out to people arbitrarily. However, when we look at what the federal government is doing with the, with the pharmaceutical industry, they're now hampering down, clamping down and they're now causing these medical doctors to send these prescriptions electronically to the pharmacies as opposed to arbitrarily writing scripts. So what happened is now you had this abundant number of people that were addicted to these prescription medications and they're finding it's far easier for them to obtain heroin, which is at a much lower cost than to obtain the oxycodone and the Percocet. All and right, and then, and then Graf, what does that mean on the streets, you know, of, of what people are doing in terms of the hustle on the streets? I think if there's more product, then it's definitely going to increase the hustle outside. You know what I mean? But sometimes you got to ask yourself, why is there an increase in, in general? Like, are people, is it a stress thing? Like, what what is it that people, are, why, why is the drug in more demand? So it's like, it's like a, it's a push and pull. No, and, and let's talk about what the drugs do too. Dr. David Ors, these drugs, for people who've never taken an opioid, mm -hmm. what do they do to you and why, why do you think people want them so much? Well, there's two... Um two levels to look at. One is um, 
they make you feel good. They make you feel calm, relaxed. Uh, you don't care about your problems. I mentioned before the show that when you're on um, morphine for pain, like a burn injury or some kind of traumatic injury, the people still feel the pain. They just don't care about it anymore. It's kind of fascinating. It de- disconnects your worries and your concerns from your mind. So it's very soothing and relaxing. Now, if you are in constant state of pain, psychological pain all the time, you're going to be very attracted to morphine because it gives you a break that you don't get otherwise. If, you don't, if you're not in psychic pain constantly, then you wouldn't need to be taking morphine. But what about with the, with the pills? So many people we see, especially with the teens, like like in the Bronx, one of the biggest groups that they're most concerned about with these drug overdeaths are people aged 17 to 22 from opioid overdoses. The um, overdose happens only for one reason, when you take too much. It stops you from breathing. Um, most people don't understand the science of opium, most people in general. And what happens is there's a ceiling. It goes like this. You might start with, for example, five milligrams of opiate or equivalent, and then you have to slowly increase that to keep getting high. So they get, they get um, what's the word, like immune or uh, acclimated to five. Then they might use 10. They slowly creep up. However, the, the amount that will stop your breathing, for example, let's say it's 30 milligrams, hypothetically, that won't change. So as you creep up north, 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 taking more and more and more, you're eventually going to hit this wall where you're going to stop breathing. Because they become resistant, right? Well, the bodies get, become you, resistant. You, you they have get, to take that, more to get that same high? They physiologically don't become resistant. They'll, they'll stop breathing at 30 for sure. But they to get the same high, they need more of the opium. The other thing going on is because of street drugs. We'll talk about this later. Street drugs, you don't know what's in them. I tell my patients, if you walk out on the sidewalk and see a blue pill in the gutter, are you going to pick it up and eat it? Right. They go, no. I go, why not? They go, well, I don't know what's in it. Well, same when you buy drugs. There's a thing called fentanyl which is um, getting very <clears throat> sold a lot in states now. And which has been a huge increase. They had a 30% increase in fentanyl seizures it, it, in the past You can buy year. the fentanyl and the, pr- the pill printing press from China now all together in a package. And they can print 100,000 pills an hour, these machines that they buy. In any case, the fentanyl will make you stop breathing way faster. So uh, they add it to the opium because it'll make you much higher. It's like a thousand times stronger than morphine. But it'll make you stop breathing way quicker. So yeah, a lot of the deaths are from not just morphine, but what's uh, not really morphine is fentanyl. Is the fentanyl, which we're told is is could be as much as fifty times more powerful. It's several hundred than times. Yeah, we watch those TV shows where they catch a, a elephant or something, put it asleep, and tag its ear, or whatever. Right. That's fentanyl. That's fentanyl that knocks that, that knocks them out. Um, Doctor Darren Porcher, the, in terms of the way the drugs are being distributed now, because a lot of people are they're like, okay, yeah, we hear this. There's an epidemic. We see these numbers. <clears throat> we're hearing about these raids, but we're really not seeing it on the streets. Why is that? Well, there's been a change. Uh, there's been a revolution in drug dealing. In the past, many people saw, when we go to the old days, if we think of it this way, is we had a dealer that was on the street, the person that actually distributed the drugs to people, you had a steerer, and you had a manager. So when you when you stepped onto the set, meaning the buyer, the buyer was directed by a steerer to one person that they gave the money to, and the second person where they um, acquired the drugs from. Then they walked off. That was your traditional three-man set. However, in the evolution of time and the, the use of technology, it's now shifting towards the buyers making phone calls to the dealers. The dealers are meeting people in the street. So you don't see the long lines that you saw in the past of people waiting outside to get quote unquote done. You now have people that are being approached individually based on a connection that they have with a drug dealer that has a burner a burn cell phone. That is the wave. In, in addition to that, you have people selling drugs on Craigslist. I mean, Craigslist was something that was not existing years ago. Now people are buying drugs by means of the internet 
If you think about the, your common citizen can pick up their cell phone now and just put in what is the price of a kilo of cocaine and that'll give you on the internet on your cell phone, you can find out how much these drugs are going for. And so when you barter your, your arrangement with the drug dealer over the phone, that's the way it's done. That's why it's out of public view. All right, Graf, Not totally, but partially. Graf, what about in terms of the music industry in general, just the amount of drugs that's out there? We're hearing about it a lot in lyrics, but is it is it that prevalent everywhere? I think uh, drugs always been a part of the music scene from even the 70s with rock and roll. Like, um, like I'm into like uh, the, the old school rockers, all of them dudes from Hendrix to you name it. They were all on all types of drugs from early. So it's like, I think people... The, with the music, they adapted that a long time ago, so that didn't go anywhere. And I, I, I can't lie, hip hop definitely isn't drug induced. Like it's not, and I can't say that it's, it's causing kids to use drugs more because that's like saying is life imitate art, art imitate life. I think the hip hop in general is a reflection of what happens in the community. People are already twisted. These young kids, I'm in the street. Young kids are high. You know what I'm saying? They twisted, but a lot of that comes from the fact they might be stressed. They might be have other problems that we got to work on besides just the drug use. It's like, why are you taking it? Some some of it is not just recreational use. Some people are really in mental pain and anguish and feel like they need that. But do so you feel like all, you're seeing more, You do you feel like you're seeing more of the youth that um, are out there on the streets that are high? I don't know if it's more. Like me personally, for actually being outside in the street, I don't know if it's more, but they they twist it. You know what I'm saying? Like it's, 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 it's I would say it's a problem because I, I know kids around my way that even when, when E was popular they used to be high in the daytime on E right. like, why you want to block on E it's 3 o'clock dog like, right and, and, and so. that's what they were doing well uh, this is Street Soldiers I'm your host Lisa Evers we're talking about the drug war and the drug epidemic we'll be back with more right after this hey what up y'all this is Lloyd the King of Hearts and this is Street Soldiers with Lisa Evers real issues real politics and real people only on Hot 9-7 you did welcome back to Street Soldiers I'm your host Lisa Evers we're talking about the drug war and the drug epidemic that we're facing that is taking more and more lives, not just in terms of deaths from overdoses, but also incarceration and also young people whose lives are being cut short by being involved with the criminal justice system because of this and in and around this issue. Joining me, Dr. Darren Porcher. He's a former NYPD lieutenant and former undercover narcotics officer. He's a criminal justice professor as well as a TV and radio commentator on law enforcement issues. Also joining us is the hip-hop artist Graf. He dropped his new uh, album called Painkillers Reloaded. He's currently on tour and he's also starting a tour this summer with Royce to 5'9". Mm -hmm. Also joining us, Dr. David Ors. He's a general practitioner on the Lower East Side. He's also the founder and executive director of a tattoo remo a removal program for ex-offenders and former gang members. And also he has some uh, unusual ideas about how we treat the drug epidemic. We're going to find out about those too. I want to come to the point of this, the whole cultural issue of where we see drugs. Graf, we're talking about hip hop. Everything is the trap. I mean, I've heard trap house more, I think, in the last year right. than ever before. You know what it is too with the word trap. I think trap has become um, it's like sensationalized now. Like the word is just slang. Person could, if you you come into work here at the radio station, you might be like, I'm going to the trap. Right. My man works at the Barclay Center. He goes to work. He's I'm going to the trap. My engineer, he goes to the studio. I'm in the trap right now. So it's like it's beyond just drug use. And when they say trap. To me, in my opinion, you know, what and I'm then saying? it's also the the drug the drug lingo is also in a lot of pop music too. Some of the biggest the biggest songs that are out there it and is. the biggest artists too. We don't want to just single out hip hop. It's true. I mean, everybody's on the drug wave. A lot of these artists, some of them are are living that life. Some of them are just doing it to make money. So it's like some people are like I'm a true artist. I do what I feel from the from the heart and do what I do. Some people do it just for business because they know the kids want to hear that. So it's you got your good and your bad, but I mean. 
It's crazy. I'm not going to lie. People are influenced by it. I, I'd be a liar to say that they're not. Do you think there's more out there on the streets in terms of the hustling and who's involved in the hustling? I don't, in my opinion, I don't think it's more. I think it was always this way. Like, I think, especially in the street level, like, guys are going to find a way to supply demand and make money, and people are always going to want to be high. No matter what year it is, this, it'll be the 70s. Darren, but what about this? Is, there's way more drugs on the street now than ever before. Um, think and so? I, I don't think so. I know so. Uh, when I look at, we just look from the 70s to now. Oh, the yeah, tremendous yeah, yeah. amounts of drugs that are coming into this. Um, Everything into is this, increased now. Yeah, I feel what you're saying. Just into this New York City metropolitan area, we have a lot of drugs coming into this. And a lot of times, a lot of us, we don't take responsibility for what these issues are. What do we do as a community? A lot of times, I don't know of a heroin of a poppy field in the United States. These poppy fields come from places like Afghanistan, and now Colombia has gotten more into the refinement process. What are we going to do? It's a two-front solution. We need to eradicate the, uh, the the supply first of all. We have the demand over here, but we need to start. We need to eradicate these fields where poppies are grown in but places let me, like but Afghanistan. Let, but let me stop you. Right, but let me stop you right there about you're talking about the supply. But if you, how are you ever going to stop the supply if there's always a demand and the a demand can be the of the, for it. the demand can easily be, I shouldn't say easily, but it can be stemmed with education. Think in terms of what happened with the cigarette, the, t the tobacco campaign. When I was a kid, everyone smoked. Because they thought it right, was right, cool. Exactly. However, what happened was the federal government stepped in and they sued these tobacco industries and they forced them to put these ad campaigns and showing these people what that was smokers. And didn't allow them to do ad campaigns at places where there were youth gatherings and Absolutely. concerts and that type I of thing. I think the same holds true and it's necessary to educate this population here. So, that when we think of the demand that is a key component in stemming what people know about these drugs because how many people think about it how many people smoke nowadays when you in comparison to back in the 80s or the 70s and the kids that are coming up now think it's think it's a foul habit but dr david what about that do you think getting rid of these supplies is the answer well i spoke with darren earlier and i agree with everything he says there's two prongs is you know eradicate the supply sure and then also use education to so people grow up with less attraction to using um, dangerous medicines. Um, but there's a third prong that we also talked about, and that's the demand. <clears throat> and um, if there wasn't a demand, there wouldn't be a supply. I think people, you know, he said a lot of drugs are coming in the city. I think they do it for money. That's why people deal drugs. No, they're totally doing it for money. And you I have know, them, I, the, I think, what, what but the people don't realize that. It's just for money. If, 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 it's if, a business. If you can make $20,000 a day selling avocados, it'd be a huge avocado problem. <laughs> you know? True. It's just a, it's cash, period cash. It's not about like trying to get people addicted, trying to you know ruin the society, trying to torture, shoot kids, and none of that. It's all about cash. And um, so, um, uh, I gave this example before. If you have one person addicted to heroin, and you gave them, for example, this is hypothetical, uh, heroin lollipops, which there is such a thing for cancer patients. Let's say you had a heroin addict and you brought him into a, this lobby here. You know, people are googling right now heroin lollipops. Yeah, it's out there. And then you get you give him the heroin lollipop. Now, I, 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 Darren, and I discussed this and I agree with everything he says. And I have a third prong unconnected to his, and his are equally important. And that is to reduce the demand by just giving people morphine. If someone's a morphine addict, you just simply give them morphine, and the goal is not to help them not to make them better and not to um, do anything good for them. The goal is very sp specific, and that is to stop them from using street drugs. This is, it, uh, I explain it in two phases, like act one and act two, like a play. Act one, you put the fire out, which is the, the violence and the criminality, and you do that by taking away the cash 
stopping the cash flow. So if you have a drug addict... Yeah, but you're not going to have everybody, with all due respect, you're not going to have everybody who is taking pills or, or shooting heroin I'll go decide 80, that they're going to go I'll, to the community I'll, center I'll, to get a heroin lollipop. I'll take 80%. Well, yes, you will, because remember, if, imagine a drug control center inside a hospital. Let's see you offer the heroin lollipop, plus free sandwiches, plus a hat, plus sneakers, plus PlayStation, plus anything you can think of. Because if they get shot or stabbed, it's going to cost you $30 million each. Right. So you can give an education, a car, and a house, and still be making money. Well, in terms of my graph, what about that? If if I, addicts I had a if addicts had an opportunity to go to like a, a center in a hospital and get a a, her, a heroin I, or a morphine lollipop, I think the number one way to reach people is to relate to them. If you really want to know how to help, you have to listen to what their needs are, what they feel. Like these kids, even if you look at the suicide rate or why they're taking drugs, the question is that the answer to the question you always ask to anything you say is why. That's the best question in the world. Absolutely. You want to know why. So in order to know why, you have to relate to them. Like if you want to know what they're feeling, you don't know why they're doing it. So it's not even just about the demand. It's why do they take it? It's not just because they well, want to be. Why it's, some uh, of them want to be rock stars. Like I, I listen to Jim Morrison. I watch mm-hmm. it. It does look cool. I'm not even going to lie. But that's just, just watching. From that era, you think too. I'm a rock star. Yeah. So it's like, but besides that. Rap stars are rap stars are the rock, like rock stars, stars of our era right exactly. now. Exactly. But besides the imagery and the recreational loose, some kids are mentally disturbed and they feel that they need right, that. It, I, but what about yeah, the, so, no, but what, what about the hustle? Rooted. No, but it, what about the, oh, go ahead. He's exactly correct, but see, I, that's why it says two phases. Phase one is to put the fire out. Let's say you had, phase one is to get people to stop using street drugs and come into these drug control centers. That have to, have to be really nice and really great. You design them uh, over 10 years, they would become really good with what they want to show up. You convince them to show up with money, food, drugs, anything. Now, what, um, what um, Graf is discussing is critically important. You know, um, there is no cure in America for abdominal pain. No one, there's no, you never see a, a, a bus poster, help us cure abdominal pain. There's no such thing because abdominal pain could be anything. It could be pregnancy, appendicitis, hepatitis, dozens of things. So if someone has abdominal pain in the hospital, you have to figure out exactly what the abdominal pain is from and then treat that, whatever it is. Same with addiction. There's no such thing as a treatment for addiction. But you know what you gotta realize too? You're, you're talking about addicts. A lot of these kids are not addicts. They're choosing to you. They can they could stop if they wanted to. Some of these kids are not addicts. They want to be high. Well, that's not, a percent, but, but- They just wanna be high, let me wanna be high. How about if you ask a question, we're gonna take a, we're gonna take a short break. This is Street Soldiers, I'm your host, Lisa Evers. Coming up, a hundred gang members, alleged gang members, were arrested. Part of their operation was drug dealing and drug sales. How long before those spots are taken by other people? Or did this bust really put a dent in the drug trafficking and some of the public housing developments in the Bronx? We'll find out what our guests have to say about that and more on these treatment options that's coming up. Yo, this is Shaggy and this is Street Soldiers with Lisa Evers. Real issues, real politics, real people, only on Hot 97. Shug it up. Man, we be working, spilling all out the frying pan. Too much lead all in your diet plan. Running for the plug, digging you pliers, and you gon' get more than a body slam. You gon' need more than a spot exam. Young shooter with the new chrome. Beat your ass until you two tone. Hand the number to the trappy nigga. How you get the number to the new phone? That's trap phone ringing. That's off Graf's new album. 
Painkillers Reloaded. This is Street Soldiers. I'm your host, Lisa Evers. Twitter, Instagram, Google+, Snapchat, Facebook, at Lisa Evers. You know how we do. We're talking about the drug epidemic that's going on right now here in New York City and also th- throughout the United States. Graf is one of our guests, a hip-hop artist also joining us. Dr. Darren Porcher, former NYPD lieutenant and undercover narcotics officer. He's a criminal justice professor. Also with us is Dr. David Ors. He is a general practitioner on the Lower East Side and also founder and executive director of a tattoo remote removal program for former gang members and those who were formerly incarcerated to help them get jobs and get on with their lives. Graf, trap phone be ringing. Right. What What was the whole inspiration behind that? Well, that song was really just a feel-good record, to say the truth. And when I say trap, I'm talking about, I like to try to generalize. I mean, specifically, yeah, trap phone ringing, you know, it was the trap. But when we say trap, however you get your money, is when it's ringing. You could be a barber in the barbershop. You say, I'm in the trap. Your phone ringing, you, you still, you, you're you making your income. Like hey, Graf, let me ask you a question, like right? I just... <laughs> I asked you, yeah, right. we, we talked earlier about the education. I understand that there's a certain component of music that people like to listen to, mm-hmm. but do you think at one point as an artist you do take a level of responsibility for what people hear in connection with listening to this music? And I love hip-hop music, okay? Right, right. So I'm not taking a shot against hip-hop music, but at the same token, we get to a point where it's, it, we glorify the, the, the lifestyle that we're trying to get away from. And I'm not telling you that you got to make records that need to be played in the church, but is it safe to say that you can possibly produce something that would be that can be good music but doesn't affiliate itself with drug use gun violence and things to that effect I think me specifically as an artist I have a a well-balanced project that talks to every aspect and every facet of what we go through in the urban community so it's like it's not only the trap forming and you get I got a record on my album talking about suicide like I I wrote wrote it from a first person of a a young girl who's contemplating suicide at the end of the record unfortunately she does commit suicide because that is a a reality I will say this much I don't like your music I love your music okay but at the same token I'm an adult but now also let's rewind this how about a kid that's maybe 16-15 years old they listen to your music music and then they say look I'm going to get me some oxy some Percocets and I'm going to roll on the block with with, with my gun I want to bust my gun and I'm not saying that that's what your focus is right. but we just go back to the, the, the component but what about the, the kids that the I said hook, about a hook education to be right. catchy what about what he's saying I, I, would, I would hope that you know for a kid like the hook is very catchy right I would hope that he wouldn't hear that and run in the street and do that but you got to like understand that, that would, the kids would, they would, are going to hear this that would be you, terrible but then I would hope that he hears everything else and also hear when I speak to him and say that that is that is a part of my life. Young kids are very thing, impressionable. You know so, Young kids are very impressionable. Right. And imagine if this is a number one track. Right. Everybody's listening to it. And it's like all they hear is busting your gun, taking pills and things to that effect. Do you think you take some level of responsibility for but that? But then you have, think, to, yeah, think, you have to include think, television and I, I movies. Would say, yeah, you definitely have to include television and movies. But I would say to some degree because... And me books. as an artist, sometimes me expressing myself freely, everything I have to say is not going to be positive. I'm not an angel. And I did grow up in the street and I did hustle and I did, but I also went to college. So if you listen to me talk, I'm going to tell you the good and the bad. I always think I'm going to tell you what could happen if you go to the street and go to jail. And I can tell you what happened if you go the other way. I'm going to give you the balance. I'm actually the perfect artist to have on the show because I have the best of both worlds. I done been in the street and I done went to school. There used to be a thing called, there used to be a thing called a town crier who ran through the streets telling the news and newspapers and such. I think the rap is exactly that. I think rap music. We're news reporters. They're just flat out news reporters. Every rap thing I've ever, ever heard and all the stuff is just reporting what's happening. Those us being honest. Some guys just, some guys lie about it and just use it to make, and they pretend because they know that that's what's happening. Okay, but let's let's talk about, they report on it. Let's, let's talk about what happened. Let's talk about what happened in the Bronx. This, uh, this arrest, you have in, in a couple of public housing developments, a hundred, 
alleged gang members, a laundry list of crimes in the indictment, including the murder of a 92-year-old woman, murder of other murders that they they are accused of being responsible for, all around this drug dealing, basically drug bazaar, anything you want, they're going to get for you if they don't already have it. Is this going to change anything for the people living there? I think so. If you arrest 100 people from one particular area, that's that's, that's creating a, a... disruptive behavior in, in any community is going to make it safer especially if you kill somebody that's 92 years old you said that's crazy you know what I'm saying so old people should I mean elderly can feel more safe in that environment yeah I think that would affect that from I a think. police perspective um, it, it, it does put a dent in temporarily however there needs to be a sustainment piece in connection with this we can't just go in and wipe out let's say 126 people and say alright we can sit back we've done our job it's something that has to be an ongoing process if you think that this is a one shot deal you're grossly yeah, mistaken it needs to be something where is you need to have people from the community that come in making as these stakeholders arrests. they keep finding these trap right. houses but in once middle again, class areas it goes into we need community stakeholders that are going to assist in making and putting together a sustainment piece but not saying that this person is going to go downstairs and tell the people to stop selling drugs however they should function as a valid intelligence source to police to, to, to keep them apprised I think, of what's I think going it will on go on for, I think it will go on forever and ever and ever and ever it's been on for 80 years I disagree. It has to be a solution because... No, no, I'm saying there's a solution. The demand. I'm saying saying as long as there's a demand... It will go on forever, forever, that's forever, true. and forever. Now, and that's exactly interesting. And my thing is to take away the demand. I mean, it's not me. Many doctors and people think about this. Not just me. There's many, uh, you know. He, there's many prongs to the approach. The one thing of taking away the demand is one area. In that area, if there's no customers, if there's no demand, there's no. That's the end of it. That crushes it. And to your point, the head of the DEA, who I interviewed, said, "Lisa, we can do. We can keep making these arrests. We're making more and more arrests, more and more seizures. The demand." keeps It's trying to empty the ocean with a teaspoon. And, and he, said gonna happen. he said if you don't do anything about the demand, that that, that But you have to, to approach both components. Yes, 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 of course. The supply and the demand. Yeah, that, yeah, if, but I'm, how do you change I'm the talking, demand? I'm talking about how one component. I'm talk, and I mentioned that earlier. The education is a critical point. K what about that? Doors, do you, do education is absolutely critical and absolutely to, to change demand. However, it's not totally complete. I think, for example, I but told when you, you have the most gla- you, But hold on one second. When you have the most glamorous personalities, you have our rap stars, who doesn't are matter. Hip, who are no the, cash, the rock stars? If there's no you have, the, you have the beautiful female pop stars. I know, but we're talking about. If there's it. no money in it, no one will do it. Period. So, example: if, if you, you take know, if you take it. if you take one drug addict, one ad- addicted person, and by magical spell they stop buying street drugs, they simply don't buy anymore. Say because you have a drug control center, or you offer them other opportunities, alternatives. Forget how you do it. Just imagine that you did it. Do that to a million, two million, ten million drugs. There's only three million hardcore addicts in the whole country. And probably four million that are you know forget the numbers, but it's not it's not three hundred sixty million people on drugs. It's a percent. If you give that percent, if you found a way which I can describe to you how to do it to not purchase drugs anymore from the street, that's the end of it. But it still goes back to the glorification that you mentioned, Lisa. No money, they won't if do I it. watch a hip hop video and I see a I see a hip hop celebrity, he's emulating a lifestyle that I want. Doesn't matter if you if you, it, if you, if you but it's once also again, actors it, and actresses, it, it, the it Hollywood people. To, that's a level of advertisement, all. and that has nothing to do with business. There's a level of advertisement, and that's what I mentioned to you in terms of right. what at what point do we take responsibility for eradicating this? Or but he's talking a about he's talking about giving them a place, giving them. You're talking. You're basically talking about. 
If Your you solution had a is way. to give them morphine lollipops so they can go to a center and play video games. That's a control group and of how people. And how many that's lollipops not, do they get? You may have some people that will uh, will subscribe to that, but that's a very but let me, control let, let's group Let's let them fully explain it. How do, if how you had work? a drug control center, these would only be in hospitals. Every hospital in the country, here's the fantasy. Every hospital in the country is a drug control center. And they can get their drugs there for free. But not just drugs. It's like a strip mall. They can have legal aid, uh, AA, a priest, a rabbi, all kinds of services. So initially, take just... Morphine addicts is one category. You got your weed, you got ecstasy, you got other people. Some of these people have mental health problems, depressed, anxiety. Some of them have psychic pain, post traumatic stress, rape victims, sexual assault victims, gunshot victims, people who are uh, seriously medically injured, uh, cancer patients, etc. Let's say they can go to this place and get these drugs that they need. for free, and, but in di- now you have to you have to get them to go there. There's nothing so, for free in this society. No, no, no. Uh, it, it, Somebody how do you has get to them put to go the there? bill for this. It's the the cost of the violence and the gun violence and the prisons is hundreds of billions of dollars. That's a long term plan. But let me ask you this. I'm trying to I'm trying to visualize. You can do this over ten. You could do this over 10, 15 years gradually. But do they? But if somebody a politician is only in office for four years. Okay, but Darren Hall is a fix solution for that four But if they come in for a lot, they come in for their morphine or their heroin lollipop at this hospital center. What if four hours later they're feeding they and they, they want can, another one? Can, can they have, have unlimited one. lollipops? They can have another one, you, but they're in a controlled environment. It's actually morphine, and they're not giving any drugs to bad guys. And they're not. It, it, the goal of these things is not to help them remember. What you want an addiction person, an addict, to do is to not get shot, not get stabbed, not spread AIDS, not get arrested, not waste police time, not waste court time, not go to prison. All these things cost billions. It's forty billion a week for gunshot trauma, and for every person that gets shot, forty billion a week in the United States. Forty billion a week in the United States for gunshot trauma. 40 billion a week and then you have for every kid shot everyone gets killed there's five that are wounded which cost even more money wounded people cost more than dead so it's incredibly ridiculously expensive prison is $60,000 a year you got two and a half million people in jail for drugs What's two million times sixty thousand? I don't know. Too much. So it may take time. I agree. Yeah, now how do, you, how do you how do you how do you how do you get from A to B? I don't know. It might take seven years or ten years to transition to this sort of thing. You might have a pilot program with two places that do it, et cetera, et cetera. But the place that if you give people drugs so they don't buy street drugs, that ends the demand. Graf, what do you but think that, about that, that? Would that work? It would only work in theory or for like hardcore addicts. But if you take it to another level, let's take it away from rap. Go to EDM. I go to EDM concerts. It's full of white kids that's having fun. I have fun in them joints too. Those kids are on everything. What's EDM? Right. EDM is like uh, electronic like, music. Yeah, oh, electronic you. dance music. So they're in there. <laughs> they on everything. They right. Got, like I wrote a song. And they've had overdose deaths at some of the concerts. Of course, because they twist electric everything. Electric we've so, had deaths here. So, so my point is, and that's that's not even hip hop. That's that's mainly electronic. That's right. mainly white. So and they so they want to do the dance. They want to do drugs at the rave. They want right. to have fun there. They can't go to the center. And they're not addicts. They just want to have fun. Right. So it's like this. I and don't know. So they know get how a to, pill that they buy a pill from a, a dealer that has fentanyl. You gonna buy a pill right there, or you gonna go there with it? Because you wanna get twisted there. That's be, there's still going to be sellers it, to that clientele. Right, but then you, that's, that's another problem to be dealt with. If you reduce the drugs, if you go to one of these centers and get a lollipop, it's kind of a stretch. It's not going to happen. If you, they, they, want, they need the lollipop on that dance If floor. you have that issue with the EDM, younger kids wanting the drugs at the moment, at the concert, that's an issue. I agree. However, let's say you had an 80% reduction in gun violence. It's still worth it. So, so it's not 100%. I'll take 80 
But you know what's so funny? I agree I with what you're stop, saying. However, it's not violence. something... I agree with what you're saying from a long-term perspective. But a politician is looking at a short-term perspective. And politicians are the people that put in place the heads of these law enforcement organizations. Okay, Darren, hold that thought because we got to take a short break. But we're going to come back on that, that point and also get solutions from everybody. More proposed solutions. This is Street Soldiers. I'm your host, Lisa Evers. Twitter, Instagram, Google+, Facebook, Snapchat, at Lisa Evers. We're talking about the drug epidemic. More when we come back. Yo, what up? It's The Game, and this is Street Soldiers with Lisa Evers. Real issues, real politics, and real people only on Hot 97. Welcome back to Street Soldiers. I'm your host, Lisa Evers. You can find me on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Snapchat, Google+, at Lisa Evers. And in this episode, we're focusing on the war on drugs and the drug epidemic. How bad is it? What can be done? What are the solutions? We've got a great panel to help us figure this out. Joining us, Dr. Darren Porter, a former NYPD lieutenant and undercover narcotics officer. He's also a criminal justice professor. Also with with us is the hip-hop artist Graf. His latest single, Trap Phone Ringing, is from his new album, Painkillers Reloaded. He's currently on tour and starting a tour this summer with Royce to 59 Also with us, Dr. David Ors. He is a general practitioner on the Lower East Side of Manhattan, and he's also the founder and director of the Fresh Start program. It's a tattoo removal program for ex-offenders and former gang members so that they can get jobs. And uh, he also has an unusual solution to the drug epidemic. Graf, the uh, the title, these names, Trap Phone Be Ringing. Yeah, I, I wanted to talk about the name of the album as well. Like, it's called Painkillers Be Loaded, but not uh, painkillers in the sense of promoting pill use. But, like, this, this is how I look at it. I look at the, uh, I think everybody is numb in general. You are numb, you are detached, you are distracted all day, every day, from the internet to your phone, Facebook, IG, Snapchat, instant gratification, you want everything now, you don't feel anything. So normally when you're in pain, you take a painkiller to feel better. So I look at it like you're already numb. So I, I try to provide you with something to actually feel something again. So I call the album Painkillers Reloaded. So in my opinion- To remove the numbness. Right. To penetrate the numbness. Exactly. Like you're that. already numb. You feel, I think people are detached. You, you, you're you not aware or awake ever. You're in your phone, you just, you don't feel People anything. aren't really present in the present moment. You're never in the moment ever. You're eating your food, you're on your phone, they're, they're multitasking all day, your brain is busier than your body. You're detached. You're, so I, I want you to feel again. And I think a big part of what we're saying, a solution to the drug epidemic is to make people connect. You gotta connect and relate. You gotta feel what they're feeling and understand what they need. I think people take drugs a lot of times for an escape or to feel something different. You know what I'm saying? So you gotta connect with the kids. You gotta listen to what they want. I think Marilyn Manson said it best when he was in an interview when they did the Columbine shooting and somebody asked him, what would you say to the kid that did the uh, Columbine shooting? He said, I wouldn't say anything, I would listen. Nobody listens to what the kids got to say. Everybody's talking to them or talking what at saying. them. To be right. more, yeah, they're talking at the kids. I'm in the street with these kids. So I know what they want, and they need to be heard. They feel something, and nobody's listening. You know well, saying? I think, uh, as a, a, a picking up what Graf is saying, I think if you get people to come into a center, uh, not just so much kids, uh, but you know, adults too, 20s, 30s, 40s, any kind of person with addiction disorder, if they come in for one month, two months, that gives you the opportunity to listen to them. If you never meet them and they never come in, you're never going to listen to them. If they come into your place and you can give them the drugs they need to get them to come in, plus other resources. Darren, what about you that? Could, I mean, you, I don't know. Institutionalization is could tough they? because I look at the communities. I mean, I grew up in the Bronx. I lived in housing projects. And the people, the core that I know, are not going to step into those types of institutions. How about for 50 bucks? To, they're not gonna you'd have, make, you'd have to make it so cool. For one thing, for one thing, it, for one thing is it just it goes place. back to what he mentioned with the EDM concerts. 
I, I don't see people going in there. And then in addition to that, if you said you give them 50 bucks, every time I pick up my phone, somebody's giving me a scan. Look, you, we'll give you 50, a $50 gift certificate to do this, that, and the third. I'm talking people to, in these I'm communities cash. are not connected. They're not connected with that. What they do is, what Graf mentioned, a lot of what they learn is within the communities. And in terms of people listening to them. So you engage the community. But he's in the community. So he's the, in the community. He's in the community. He's in the lower side the community. You have the community. People had to come to these centers. Correct? You have the community create the center that suits them. I don't know. It, it just, remember the goal. It's my, not the, my take on it's this. It's not the cure anything. It's not to help anyone. It's simply to stop the street drug purchase, which stops the violence. I believe I, your intentions. But how do you change it? I believe your intentions are well placed. I just don't see it practical in a place like New York City. It could work in other places, but I don't see it here. You may have experienced well, some success. It will absolutely work because what you do is you modify it every few months to make it work. There is a point where you have the now right. a revolution and change is necessary in everything. If you have the right center with the right look and the right feel the right music and the right things there with the right he items got a point. He got they, a point. they will come because you know what it is he's not saying attack the demand because it ain't going nowhere because we even the rappers we taking it from the rock stars it ain't I'm going just, nowhere I'm so taking the okay, cover but, no, but, but then when they get when they're, when they're high the way the demand with education no, but then when they're high no, on four heroin lollipops and they walk outside onto the street and they're hanging out it's going to look like a zombie zone and I gave you the example the cigarette campaign listen the idea is to take the customer people do but it's hold on we're going to talk about the idea of the center is to take the customer away from the street dealer okay. period has no other function whatsoever period just take the customer away from them okay. once we have the customer in our place then we can decide how to handle that customer as weeks and months go by you'll get some that want to get rehab you'll get some who want to stay high right one is psychotic Drop one is out. Uh, no one's uneducated one has brain damage from the the war they get it in the head what post traumatic stress people like i told you it'd be a big variety a variety right. pack of people and you can treat them cuz now you have them right but you didn't have them before they're out wandering around on their own, loose, taking drugs in the street, which are fentanyl, poison. And some attacking people, which we've they're seen. They're doing violence and crime. Listen, right now, here's what you have. this is your failure going on now. The addicts do crime. They do violence. They do prostitution, human trafficking. Um, you're giving an enormous amount of money to very bad people. They use that money to billions and billions of dollars to fund wars all over the world. Now, so American drug addicts are funding war all over the world, buying weapons and guns. All the wars are funded by heroin. Oh, it's called narco dollars. But you got to remember, dumb drugs are getting hit. Not that, the drugs are the inequality community they're not created by the community they're getting here right just shipped in government whatever they're getting here another kind they're of way that's, they're, they're, that's they're, a whole that's a whole that's a whole that's a whole that's really here. a documentary no, no. because of right. how, no, no, how no, they come the, in the drugs me, are shipped in but the point is that all this you they're know, smuggled you have if there was no if there was no money in it nobody would do it exactly but let me ask you this okay let's come back to the demand piece it should be a medical problem not it should be a medical problem not a criminal problem okay but but the everyone everyone agrees i think even in the law enforcement community too the there's the enforcement aspect there's the crime aspect and you would still but have that for people who don't use the centers. But if you don't, but if you don't deal with the demand issue, that they law enforcement says you can't solve this problem with a you I can't arrest your way. There, there's no more demand. If right. I give a guy, if I give a person, I'm not sure about 15 year olds at EDM concerts, but a 25, 30 year old addict, like an addict, an addict, an addict, addict. If I give them morphine, and I know thousands of these people for free and other things they want, they will go do that. So we should just give drugs out for no, free. No, because you save it. What you're, you're not giving. What you're doing is stopping them getting shot, stabbed, and doing crime. You have to put. You can't let this continue. I disagree. Darren, what about I, dis that? I, I totally disagree. I I understand, and I think that you have great intentions here, and it may work in some settings. However, overall, when we talk the the um 
the issuance of drugs to younger kids, a lot of these kids are as young as eight, nine years old, and giving them a lollipop for, for morphine, I'm just really against well, that. Minors, now, keep in mind, keep in mind, can be a you're the medical professional, and I'm the uh, I'm the legal expert. We I give them, the we law enforcement We give ALDs insulin. But at the same token, yeah, but they're not getting just, high from that. I don't, buy in, for cancer. I don't buy into this. We give kids drugs all the time. Okay, but let me ask you this. In, ter- in terms of the demand issue, because you, you're, you're, you're talking about this approach with the heroin or the morphine. It's done in Portugal. It's done in, Portugal has the whole country now like this. They have centers that give out morphine, and they've had a 30, 40, 50% in crime in the first year. Really? Because yes. let me ask okay, you this. What, what, what is your take on just the education of these people from K through 12? I'm saying that's a separate thing. How about, but saying, let's, talk the about the, let's talk about the demand. Let's talk about the, the education. education is critically important, I just think that it should be mandatory blocks, like how we have math, science. Yes, please. We should have a have block I agree, I agree, I agree, I agree, I agree. But what about the education? I agree, I agree, I agree, but you're still going to have addicts. Addiction has to do with thirst, hunger. But what about the next generation that's coming up, these kids that are 8, 9, it's fantastic old. because a lot of the people who sell drugs are drug addicts themselves. When you take away their, when you take these people off the street, you have a large component of these people that are drug addicts. I'll agree. So with you that. take the drug, the drug. If you take the customers away from the street into these centers by hook or by crook, we'll discuss for hours how to do that. Right. But let's say you could do it. Right. Then they're not in the street selling drugs. That's an army of salespeople. In theory, what he's saying is, is, I don't know how to apply that, but in theory, I get what you're saying. Okay, but Graf, what about a public awareness campaign? What about a thing where you know there, there's a lot of people that a lot of kids they, they look upon regular cigarettes. It's like having a public awareness campaign of thirst. The new generation coming up of children. They kind of do, what but about, they kind of don't. I mean, I see the commercials for it too, and I, I would hope it helps. It worked with tobacco use. It did, it did. I think it did a really a good job in terms of the reduction. Tobacco, now, so granted, you we didn't cure. We didn't cure people tobacco still use. It's still, However, it's, still it's something the, it's still that did work. But a lot of them are smoking still, weed and think that's okay. It's still the number one killer. No, but I'll tell you cigarettes? what, though. Cigarettes? I'll tell you a great cigarette. Cigarettes and alcohol, I agree. I'll tell you two things that'll work. Education will definitely work in some senses. I don't think it would. It won't take away the education. but it will educate people so they'll understand. And another thing, too, if you could create education where you teach them how to learn how to learn and 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 for, to get into the better job situations where maybe in that particular job they get a good paycheck but then you have to get blood tested then they might be like well I'm not going to do this because I want to keep my job and I make good money here so let me do this and that could be attached to education too like if you if you combine that with good jobs yeah, but the education well the education I, I, is just I'm, all, I'm, I'm completely for education I, again I agree I agree I agree but some will get through that net Right. You'll still have one drug yeah, user. What effect would this have had? For example, we've had an ongoing problem with, with K2 users on 125th Street. You're talking about having advertising to get rid of poverty. It just doesn't work. You can't advertise yeah, poverty way. You got you got to attack. You, know you can't go, I'm going to put a poster up and say, hey, people, don't be poor anymore. That's not going to happen. That's not going to make them not poor anymore. What we doing? No, but what, if you have that people that... Made, same with addicts. You can't make them go away with advertising. I mean, addiction is like a thousand different. I, I, I but what about the next ones? Because these, the, the thing is, my thing is, these numbers by every metric, the numbers are growing. They're growing if to you historic. Gave, if I, if you they're gave going me, to if historically you gave me, high levels. If you levels, gave me ten addicts, we have people dying. If you gave me ten addicts to go to my center, that's a fantasy. It doesn't exist. But if such a center existed, right. none of them would die. Zero would die. Zero would get heart heart. So you say you have a hundred percent success rate no, no, with this? Zero would die. Zero would get poisoned by meds. Zero would get shot. Zero would get arrested. Zero would waste police time and court time. And zero would sell drugs on the street. So you you're posting a hundred percent success rate with this? Even if it's fifty percent, that's a, that's a even, strong e, statement. E, it's a very strong statement. Even if it's ten percent, it's worth it. The amount of money you're spending on gun trauma now is so forty is it, billion is it a week. Tim- 
a ten percent, a hundred percent. Well, we'll do it for ten years, and we'll see. The method is. He's saying it's hypothetical. He's saying okay. It, you, other countries do this. You give them opiates and morphine what they need so they don't buy street drugs. The purchase of street drugs fuels this whole thing. It's just about cash. You have a ca- you don't have a drug problem in America. You have a cash problem in America. It's all about cash. But what about just, what about all these addicts that are getting started on so called legal drugs that are prescription? I'm not sure that's true. Right. That's, I, I that's, spoke about that it is earlier. True. It is true. In terms a lot of, of how yeah. people are hooked on Percocet and oxycodone, exactly. a lot of and they have a hard hospitals. time getting off of this. Oh, and what they do is they siphon off what stuff like heroin because the heroin is cheap so they'll be so happy with the drug control center because they can get their heroin there for free i, I mean but you see and we're going to giving them now i see this is gradually legalization yeah, of giving no, it's these medical you have doctors you're a doctor. let me let me ask you this since Hospitals you're doc- prescribe morphine all day long tons a day all day long we prescribe morphine we're very good at it they, for surgeries for burn injuries for all kinds of traumatic injuries so if you have a heroin addict just one or two imagine two or three so they don't get frightened if we gave two or three heroin addicts morphine at the center and made them kind of comfortable and happy there they wouldn't do crime anymore now gradually those three people you offer them care you want to get them rehab get them a job get them, make their life go better go ahead be my guest that but, could work for addicts but the emergency room the emergency is to stop them from using street drugs which are poisonous and do involve crime and violence okay but let me come on the back separate, end in terms of let's, let me talk about Let's talk about for for a moment pr- the prevention aspect of it, which some would say is a public awareness campaign. There are other people that that I have interviewed and that have been on these microphones here on Street Soldiers who have said that there's the overprescribing of these prescription painkillers, and that is a huge racket. And there's a black market around that. Some people pay their rent every month by getting these oxy uh, prescriptions and selling them on the streets. No, that's true. Who well, they gonna sell them to? There are two components. Sell them to who? I, I could just keep. Be what if the, what if there was the one to sell them to? Well, that that's I, the demand. That's what I'm saying. That, that works in theory. What if there's no one to sell them to? What do you do then? They take twenty dollars. Twenty dollars. You pill, have two right, four hundred a week. You have addicts and right. you have casual users. They, have to, they did a customer. You're, okay, you're, go ahead. The, the, your yeah, method yeah, is focusing primarily on addicts. What I'm looking at, the casual we have far users. more casual users than addicts. Right. And with the addict, I can understand these centers. Yeah, okay, this is great. But with these casual users, which is the majority of our society, we need an information source that gets out there that connects with people in these communities. So do that. And no, and, and this. Four or five, to, I mentioned, you, you do that. I mentioned what happened in the tobacco industry, and I do see it as a level of success. Do we have a lot of people that die through tobacco use? Yes. However, have we had a tremendous reduction from now compared to 1970? Absolutely. And it okay. starts. It starts with getting this information so out. Do you, okay. Public you do final thought real quick. So, so, Dave, so, Dave, so, Dave, so do thought. the information and the four or five addicts that get through that are still addicts without you know with the education I the, four four five people, the four or five people that still main addicts I'll take care of those right exactly alright Graf final thought I think it still comes down to how kids actually feel if you're talking about young kids recreational use it's about how, it's about connecting with them and talking to the kids that's it how they really feel what they really want that's more about education that's it and that, 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 part of it is education but I know a lot of small my man is like a borderline genius he's still popping pills and sipping lean he just wants to feel differently he wants to feel different than what he feels right now it's just you got to connect with people and figure out what the issues are whether it's financial it's sometimes it's not even always financial some kids got money and they still want to feel right and it can be all feel exactly so it's D- just, different types of stress you got to connect with them on a mental level it's not it's just not surface agree all right, agree 100 percent. good agree 100 i want to thank all of you for being with us for this episode of street soldiers dr darren porter graf dr david ors and also got to thank my whole team team lisa my executive producer tone capone associate producer rose daniels digital producer 
producer Mia Bell Bosico, digital assistant, the one and only TJ on the boards, Michael Medium right here, and our Fox 5 team, executive producer Chris Sobel, producer Jeff Gessoff, production director Brian Quinn on the cameras, um, Moro Bratoli, a.k.a. Monkfish Films on Instagram, see I shout you out, and also Damani Robinson, and of course our news director who's making this all possible, the one and only Byron Harmon. And I want to thank everybody for all your support of Street Soldiers. You can get the episodes, the latest episodes on LisaEvers.com. Remember, use your mind. It's your best weapon. I hope it's your only weapon. Let's push for peace.